welcome to the new Fabu show. I am tuned in, tapped in, turned on to who I really am. I am your hostess, the fabulous Doris Birch, founder of the Fat Factor. I am here to help women awaken their Fat Factor. The woman who has always known she is different, call for more, not going to live the normal life, and is going to do what it takes until it takes to create that, all while elevating her life and biz to fully step into the who she is being called to, fully tapping into unapologetic femininity. Yes, she has the audacity to prioritize the feminine. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an author. I love the bling bling, thinking more fabulously bigger and doing it differently where we disrupt the status quo for women. We are rewriting the rules and we are doing it being fabulous, of course. The biggest question is, who are you actually at your core? Who are you and what did you come here to do? Many women are hiding. They are not willing to let their old selves die. They are quitting on themselves. But to create the vibrational space to step into their new Fabu next level frequency, the or in order to begin showing up in every area of their lives, in order to find the woman you wish to become, a choice needs to be made. Ready to say yes to your soul and become the next level new Fabu now? It's going to take some inner determination and strength. But let me tell you and allow me to be crystal clear here. It takes a lot of courage to release the old and step into your next level fabulousness of truth. When you can get real about who you are and say unapologetically, here's who I am. I think this way. I feel this way. I vibrate this way. I live on this sort of frequency and I show up this way. It is critical to do so if you are truly committed to having it all, a life fully by design and on your terms. In order to shift the old, become the real you, Finally, break the pattern once and for all. Why? Well, simply, there are still too few women who are giving themselves unapologetic permission to have a seat at the I want it all table. And there are fewer women who truly own and command their space. You make choices out of guilt or shame or blame. You compromise, you settle. You continue to sabotage or destroy. This affects everything. Is it any wonder that you really don't let yourself dream that dream anymore? Never mind, act on it. How do I know all of this? Well, it's because I've lived it. And it's the reason I think this must change and it must change now. So what new fab you is all about is letting go of the old, the distorted, the shadow you, who you thought you had to be, to the new fab you who is fully unleashed in what she says, how she shows up, how she does business, how she does life. She knows what works for her. She backs herself unapologetically. She does it. Why? It is who she is and it is what she was born for. She did not come here for normal. So let me ask you if you've had enough of just playing and you're actually ready to play life the way you know it's meant to be. Make the decision to say goodbye to the old. It's time to stop trying to create a new you around the same old people. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old thinking. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old departure place. You just got to say yes. Well, you don't got to, but you do if you want to change, to be who you really are meant to be. Then say yes. Yes to you. Yes to your soul. Yes to being accountable. Yes to radical responsibility. Yes to the up level. And as I said earlier, it takes immense courage to be the real you. So enough. Enough with hiding your light 
enough with being less than, enough with trying to fit in, do it right, enough with saying you're different, but not showing it. It is time to give yourself unapologetic permission to be new fab you. The age of the invisible woman is over. Today, my guest is Carol Van Vandenhenda. So let's bring her on. Hi, Carol. Hello. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? Fabulous, of course, because of course I'm with you. you <laughs> well, I am so happy that you are here today. This is going to be a really fabulous treat um, for everyone because there's I, there are so many elements to you that are so new, Fab you, that I can't wait to dig in. But let me tell you, this is what happened for me. And so I would love to get your insight. Um, so what my new Fab you moment came about was when I really surrendered and I let go of the last remaining bits worrying about what people thought of me. And I finally asked myself, okay, Doris, who do you want to be in this? Who do you want to be on the other side of this? And that was a question I asked myself when I was leaving corporate America. And so that's why I would love your insight because you are still in corporate America and yet you have expanded in such a fabulous way. And I've told you that before. I just love how you have um, embodied this woman who is really, really multidimensional and you gave yourself that unapologetic permission to be what we call new fab you. So tell us what moment came for you? Did you have a moment? Did you ask yourself a powerful question to step into this Carol with that we now get to have the presence and, and pleasure of seeing what you're doing in the world? That is an awesome question that we all should be asking ourselves, right? And I would summarize it with one word, which is and, mm -hmm. instead of or. And so this was really unlocking for me. And so I'd say my, you know, coming into the best person I can be has come in multiple stages. You know, first there, there absolutely was the, you know, growing up as a kid and learning that you can overcome, you know, difficulties and challenges and learning resilience that way. And then through my corporate America um, career, actually, I've really embraced this idea of reinvention and going towards the path of passion. And so I've had the good fortune of working in everything from um, as an engineering major, as a digital technologist, then getting an MBA and working as a marketer. And now I work as a strategist and insights professional, um, which has been an incredible journey in and of itself to be able to reinvent into really disparate different areas and to excel at them. And then this latest reinvention really came from this and concept. Because I think in my mind before, I had been thinking, well, I have this love of um, the written word, I have a love of writing, I have a love of giving back to community, but that those things would need to wait. And that I would have to, you know, do them in retirement or something. And so my big aha was that I could do it and. I could have a career and I could write. And I could be on the board of a special needs school, which is really close to my heart. And so you know, making time for all of those things and being really clear on my why and my priorities so that I could have that and has been incredibly enriching and fulfilling for my life because 
I think it's so much, you know, part of a big part of my journey has been really um, expanding beyond, beyond just thinking about me and kids will help you do this, expanding into the we and the way in which we're all interconnected. You know, the one word and that really is a powerful way for a woman to look at who she really gets to be. Because when you say and, like you said, you can add all these extra, well, not even extra, it just gets to be where you do get to live a life of passion and you do get to choose and you do get to reinvent every time you decide an and, like and. And that's what I love about your corporate journey. You know, by the time you leave the corporate space, whatever that will be, and you can go back and tell the story, it is going to set so many women free because I don't believe women know that they could have that and. And I think what's powerful is to prove it to ourselves first, not to do it for the external world, but to do it for ourselves, to know the expansiveness of our own strength. And for sure, I have learned it over and over, you know, um, being able to move from, you know, something so black and white as technology into something so gray and ambiguous as marketing and to prove that I could do that successfully was a huge confidence boost, which helped me be a better person and be better at what I did to be able to go from running businesses um, successfully in the U.S. and then transferring the parts of skills that were relevant to China and working in a developing market. Um, also huge, you know, it's, it's just huge growth moments in your life. And you ask about powerful questions we ask ourselves. And I would say one of the most powerful questions that helped me take these steps that seemed like risks, you know, each of those was seemed like a risk. I was successful in digital technology and um, it, you know, if I moved to marketing, I could fail, but I had to ask myself, what would I regret more? Would I regret, you know, staying where I was and knowing that everything was fine? Or would I regret going and failing, you know, and same with China. Would I regret more staying in the U.S. and everything's going to be great? Or going to China and maybe you fail, but if you stay in the U.S., you never know what would have happened. And I absolutely would have regretted not trying at least and, and seeing what would happen. Well, that really is the, um, the premise, I think, for a lot of women is to risk, take the risk and let failure be a possibility. You know, yeah, you could have failed at all of those things. But if you never took the opportunity to try, you don't know. Let's, what happens really is that you get to expand yourself into be like, well, you know, I'm not going to really be, I'm not going to try to fail. I'm going to really try to take this opportunity and grow and expand and see how I can make my impact. And I love how, and I would love for you to talk because you told me privately when we talked, but I loved how you, when you got to China, um, because that had a lot of, um, I mean, you are, American Chinese. So that is a cultural place within your identity. And for you to go there as an American and, 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 and take on this new responsibility 
Um, but also not just for the company, for yourself individually as a woman who's who is a um, in corporate America and rising, you know, star like I like to call you. Uh, tell about that because that even brought on some different dynamics for you because you didn't speak Chinese. It's true. I was born in the U.S. I feel really American, um, and I actually, you know, had a very interesting experience going to China. Because here I am, I'm ancestrally Chinese, but I had never even been to mainland China until the year I moved there for my assignment. And it was a big commitment. My husband had to quit his job, take the twins out of school. The four of us had this big adventure moving overseas to Beijing to be there for two years. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to actually learn Mandarin because I thought that people would assume that I was Chinese and would expect that I could speak and that it'd be, you know, terrible to be able to, to say, oh, I only speak English, sorry. Um, and so I put a lot of pressure on myself and I learned Chinese actually decently well, enough to converse um, because I held myself to super high standards, which is a theme throughout my life. And um, so I think one of the most interesting insights was that when I got there and I had pushed myself so hard and was speaking Mandarin better than most expats probably can achieve, my colleagues, after a while, after getting to know me, started to ask me, how, you know, why did you push yourself so hard? How is it that you're able to speak, you know, better than some other expats? Not all, but some. And um, I, I explained my rationale that, well, I look Chinese, you're, people are going to expect that I'm Chinese, expect that I can speak Chinese. And the funniest insight was they were, they started laughing. They were like, no, we would never expect that you were Chinese. I'm like, what? I'm ancestrally Chinese. I'm 100% Chinese. And they said, no, no, no. We can tell you're Western or you're American from a mile away between the way you dress, the way you cut your hair, the way you carry yourself, the way you speak. There's no way we'd expect that you were Chinese. And that is such an interesting experience to um, realize, you know, that I really, you know, that American definitely it comes through in other places. And I actually take that that experience and I put it into my new novel, Goodbye Orchid. I wove it right in there because my character Orchid is half Asian. She goes to China on a business trip. Hers is only six weeks, it's not two years. But in those six weeks, she has that same experience where she has that realization and it is a deepening understanding of my own self-identity that mm -hmm. came out of that. And I think ultimately I can absolutely be both. I can be ancestrally Chinese and have, you know, um, my parents are from Shanghai and have that as part of my history and, you know, a wonderful part of my history. And I can also feel incredibly patriotic, very American, having grown up here. And this is my home country. I think those two things are not incongruent. Well, you know, one of the things I work with women about is really being fully you and what you just said was a woman who has decided to be fully who you are. And that is what it is, um, which is powerful to own. Um, and also what we say, just give yourself unapologetic permission. <laughs> and that is what you did. But you will we'll go in there because we don't have a lot of time, but I want to talk about it. Is you slid in the project, this, which you have given yourself permission to be, which goes back to something you desired before you went to college. You deeply desired to 
be an English major, but you decided to, I say conform because that's how I feel like our parents sort of have us conform some and we, you're like, all right, well, I'll do this. But in your heart and soul, English is, writing is your gift and you tapped into it. And so tell us how that journey started, how it has felt to be now on, to now it's realized it's a thing. It's no longer a wish or a dream or you um, tapped into writing this way before now. What does that feel like letting yourself say, you know what, this is a thing for me. I'm gonna just explore getting this out. Let's just get this story out. And then letting it just kind of, um, come into where it's reality and it's physically in the world. It is such a great story. And I hope a lot of people can relate to this idea of coming back to a childhood dream and having it come full circle and come true because it is a wonderful feeling. And I'd actually um, maybe reframe how, what is meaningful to me about having um, Goodbye Orchid come out into the world? Because you're right, it starts from early childhood that I always loved um, reading. I love stories and I loved learning about other people's lives and seeing through other eyes. And I think it is an important part of our fabric because it deepens empathy. And so it's not just the act of writing, but it's the act of connecting with another person which happens to happen through the written word. And so when I was going to college, I did want it to be an English major. I told my traditional Chinese family I was doing this and they said, that's very interesting, but you're also good at math and science. So you might want to just try math, science, engineering, just try it for a year, see how it goes. And if you really hate it, we can talk again. And so when I showed up as an engineering major freshman year of college, what happened was my competitive spirit really kicked in. I talked about holding myself to a very high standard. This is a theme. And I did not want to be one of the, you know, the teachers warned us that half of us was, were going to fail out, flunk out. And I didn't want to be that half. So I made it through with my engineering major. And actually, I'm quite grateful to my education and wouldn't change a thing. There is no regret. And I think that is a powerful thing, is to aim for a life in which there is no regret. Mm -hmm. So I had my engineering degree. It took me on my career journey, which um, I've loved. I've loved the digital technologies. I love marketing. I love strategy. I love strategy now. And so it's really that and moment that we started talking about right at the beginning. When I, because it was always in the back of my mind that I would come back to the storytelling and the connection that is meaningful to me, but that it would, I always thought it would happen in retirement years. And at some point, I just realized, and it was probably actually coming off of the um, big success in China and realizing how expansive each of our capabilities can be. It's not just about me. I think we all have that potential in us and we have untapped human potential. And I think um, that's part of the work you do, Doris, is you're helping to unlock that potential in people. Yeah. And so I just you know, realized that I could do more and I could, you know, what was stopping me from writing? Why couldn't I? And I started telling the story that was really meaningful and deep in my heart. In fact, um, Goodbye Orchid is right here in person. And, um, and realized that I had, I had things to say. And that, 
you know, um, they weren't for, for me. And actually, I'm tomorrow is launch day. So this <laughs> is a really special moment. And I'm so happy I get to share this with you, Doris. It feels really special to do that. Um, it's amazing for it to go out into the world. And I actually feel like it's its own thing that maybe I was a channel in which to tell the story. But yeah. it's not about me. It's actually, um, my hope is that it inspires and helps people. And with early readers who've gotten advanced reader copies or have been reading it since, um, you know, since the early versions have come out, have told me that it has helped them. And that can that means so much to me. All of the work, the years, the, um, you know, the work to put a book out into the world is a lot, as you know, because you're a multi-published yeah. author, that um, it really is worth it when I had um, a woman tell me, you know, I've had back problems for 10 years. And after reading Goodbye Orchid, it made me realize if the characters can overcome the things they overcame in the story, I can be a bit more optimistic about my own outcome. Ugh. Yeah. And I've had, you know, the book is actually inspired by combat wounded veterans. I have so much respect for these military guys go off the top of their game to protect our freedom. And when they come back injured, the strength and resilience with, that they show to get back to good is incredible. And that's really what inspired this story. And so I've had combat wounded veterans read Goodbye Orchid. And they had said things to me like, you have captured my experience after being injured. And you have given me additional insight into my own experience that I didn't have before reading Goodbye Orchid. And those moments are so touching. I It, it makes all the hard work more than worth it. You know, I have chills because what you're saying, which I think is the miraculous and that you were the vessel that has been used to tell a story that you've not lived personally, but has been downloaded through you to tell. And when, and I know it is such a powerful thing when someone tells you something you put out into the world changes their life. And even though this may be a technically fiction book, um, we all are changed by stories, you know. And I I think it's such a powerful thing that this was the story that you were meant to tell um, and that you were changing lives and getting this input. And um, I have chills because I just feel the magnitude of what this book is going to do in the world. And the impact it's going to have on so many people's lives. And, and so we'll go back to the beginning of the conversation. And cause you said, and before this book, the and when you think about the ripple effect, this moment, this moment is amazing. It's amazing. So congratulations. Tomorrow's launch day. The book has won a lot of awards already. Um, that has to feel absolutely fabulous on the whole next level. It is amazing. And actually, the when I talk about it, I talk about Goodbye Orchid winning the awards because of that <laughs> feeling that it's, you know, it came through me, yes. But I, you know, it's it's not about me. It is Goodbye Orchid won the American Fiction Award for Urban Fiction. It won the Pinnacle Achievement Award for Multicultural Fiction. It's been named one of the most anticipated fall reads by Parade, BuzzFeed, Travel and Leisure. Like it is truly incredible. And I'm proud of I'm proud of Goodbye Orchid for being able to do that because I wanted to do the good in the world. And when I signed my um, 
contract with my publisher with Kohler Books. This is the thing that John Kohler, who's the um, the founder of Kohler Books, said to me. He said, "I'm extending this traditional contract to you because I believe this book can do good in the world." And that made me know I was in the right place. I was with somebody who understood the power um, that could be had in these pages and in this story. Okay. I love it because, and I want women to hear this and get this powerfulness of this whole thing because you really did allow this to come through you. And even though it came through you and you have been the vessel, it is really powerful to get out of your own way as the author and literally put it back on the message of this book and the intent and the impact of this book. I think that is so fabulous because it takes a really, um, it takes you to get out of your ego because you can get really ego centered in this whole thing um, because you are very competitive. You said that, um, but to allow this to, and to remember you have just been used this is the story that has been used to come through you. Um, kind of like touch on that because it, it really does require, did that, well, let me ask it. I think it requires intention to get out of your own way and let the book be the book. Hmm. Do you feel that you consciously gave it intention or you or just, that's just how it flowed? So I'll say that it probably came in two phases. So when the writing itself was happening, I actually needed to shut out the outside world for a little bit and just be lost in this fictional world that ended up feeling more real than the real world as I was in that flow state of writing. And that was good because that allowed the judging voices to be quieted. Mm -hmm. The judging voices aren't helpful during a creative process. And especially if you're forming something new, it's it's just not helpful. But then, and so that was a lovely place to be. And I think of that time a bit as a cocoon. It was a beautiful, creative, artistic cocoon. And then separately, I think this phase that I'm in now, as I think about Goodbye Orchid and wanting to put it out into the world, is what I was talking a bit about right at the beginning when I said the movement, the arc of my life, when I think about it, this movement from me to we, to really understanding the way in which we are connected and that we can, you know, humanity together can be a powerful force for good, much mm -hmm. more than any one of us as an individual. Right. And, um, and so that's why I'm so motivated around Goodbye Orchid is because I want it to touch other people because I, I, it's about all of us lifting all of us up together. Well, Carol, I believe the book is going to do that. It's already proven that it has. I can't wait to get a copy and read it because I already told you what I just have a vision about it too for you, which will be exciting to be like if it ever comes to really the truth. I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I know this woman. But thank you for being on the show today and sharing your journey. Um, I have to probably come back again 
at some point because 30 minutes just doesn't give us enough time to dig into stuff. But um, thanks for being here. You're welcome. I absolutely loved it. I would love to come back. And I do hope people will look at um, Phoenix and Orchid Story because it's incredibly touching. You know, it's a story about self-sacrifice and what happens when life changes in an instant and whether love can still blossom because Phoenix ends up having to ask himself the hardest question of all, which is whether to love Orchid, he might need to leave her. Woo. Well, there you go. That is a good way to end this. I will put links and everything to, to get the book it launches tomorrow october 1st um so have a fabulous launch day carol and um we'll be talking to you soon thanks so much take care doris bye bye thank you for joining me for this episode of the new fab you show if you enjoyed the show make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new shows every week and i will love it if you would leave us a review we are on Apple Podcasts at newfabuishowpodcast.com. I would love to hear from you. Come join the conversation online. You will mostly find me on Facebook and Instagram, but also on LinkedIn. Just head to newfabuishowpodcast.com and you will find full episodes all there. And you can find out my why at thefabfactor.com. The new Fab You Show is the elevated, unapologetic permission conversation for women leaders. And I am honored you tuned in.